House of the Lord and you are holy. You are holy in. Okay, good call. All right. So go to call to worship. Every Sabbath, it's wonderful to have rain here in Southern California, right? When I was in elementary school, every year in May, we would have sports day. Okay? Uh, on this sports day, every single student, okay, every single student, every class, every grade will have to run 100 meter dash. And of course, I get very excited about the 100 meter dash. 
every preliminary uh, unit of eight students line up. And only the first, second, and third places get prizes. Here's a question. Every year when I ran, what place do you think I got? First place, raise your hand, everyone. First place. Nobody. Three people. Thank you. Second place. Three people. Okay. Third place. Maybe it's on purpose. Every year without fail for the whole six years, very consistent, right? I'll get fourth place. So every time I'm getting ready to run at the starting line and I'm looking at the finish, I'm going this is the year I'm going to get something. Every year I'm like, train. I can do this. And without fail, I'll get the fourth place. I'll lean forward, focus on the finish line, ready to give all I got. And one. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the rain. Thank you that all of us can come to this church and worship together. I pray that you bless everyone who came this morning. And now as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and strings toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We strain toward what is ahead, we press on toward the goal. Everyone here knows what that feels like. When you're studying for important tests, when you open up a new practice, when you get a new job, when you start your professional school, when you sign up for a race. Many of us here had goals and worked hard to achieve them at a certain point in our life. When Spain led the world, which was about, I guess, 15th century, the Spanish coins reflected their national arrogance and were inscribed, me plus ultimate. Me plus ultimate. Which meant nothing beyond. Nothing beyond. It meant that Spain was the ultimate, and there was nothing beyond it. We were the ultimate in all the world. However, after, after the discovery of the new world, they realized that they were not the focus of the world. 
and they did not reach the end of the world. So Spain changed the inscription of their coinage to just plus ultra, meaning more beyond. In the same pattern, some Christians, some Christian lives say nothing beyond. Nothing further, but other Christians might say, more than nothing. This is where childlike faith meets real maturity. A child can wait to be bigger and always wants to be more mature, right? I remember when I was in elementary school, I could wait to go to junior high. When I was in junior high, I could wait to go to high school. When I was in high school, I was like, I want to move up to college. Growth or maturity is something which must take place for all Christians. Apostle Paul is emphasizing the importance of the duty and the work, the holy work all Christians are called to. The work that we strain toward and press on toward is the great commission. The holy work that God gives us. Work that God called all of us to do. We often think that think that okay, um, I accept Jesus, so no more beyond. But the thing is, there is more beyond. There are two phrases we need to concentrate on in verse thirteen. It is straining toward what is ahead. And in verse 14, it is pressing on toward the goal. They mean the same thing. And you know what they mean. You should be on the move. Christians must be on the move. In the Christian life, there is no room for a person who desires to rest upon his or her own success. There is a calling for each and every Christian, not just pastor, not just me, okay, not just church leaders, but all of us. All of us must strain toward what is ahead and press on toward the goal. Everyone has a spiritual calling. Everything which you do every day in your job, I hope, I hope you take it as a calling. Because it is. You took that job and went through a lot of education and training, and you chose that. Whatever it may be, it's important, and I hope it's fulfilling. And the calling for that is different for each individual. It's your calling for your career. However, there is a high calling for each and every one of us. It is a high calling because it comes from God above. The conception of it is emanated from his heart. It is a high calling because it is worthy of God. It is a high calling because it is so much above the ideals of men. 
It is different from our choice of career. In fact, when you accept a high calling, your calling for your career becomes merely a means to achieve your high calling. You go to work so that you can do God's work. This is such a glorious call, it is worth reaching forward for it. That is why God gives us talents. That is why God blesses us. That is why God allows spiritual gifts for us. God calls us to our talents, our abilities, our gifts. And as we read today, every muscle, every nerve is exerted for this high calling. We must be on the move. You know this word, straightforward, only happens one time in the Bible. Okay? And the word is very vivid and is used for a, a for an athlete, a racer, going for the going hard for the pain. Right? And this is something that I was imagining when I read this word. Yes, you lean forward and you press on. We see how there's like 44 degrees upward and like there's 34 degrees on your knees and your steps. When Paul was writing this, he was painting this picture, right? And when I heard that, I was like, hmm. I was actually thinking about this picture. Uh, in the movie Cars, there's this place where he comes and he stretches out his tongue to win. <laughs> I'm like, that is it. You're reaching for the goal. You're not just relaxing. But you're reach, stretching out, reaching for the goal. It describes a racer with eyes who are knocking for the goal. It describes the athlete who is going flat out on the finish line. So Paul says that in the Christian life, we must forget everything past. All everything that's happening is all distraction. Okay? Remember the goal that God has for us. Amen? There's no doubt that Paul is here speaking to the antinomians. Antinomians mean there are people who believe that there are no laws or, or, or uh, uh, moral laws that we need to keep because God is merciful because of God's grace. We're all under God's grace, so we're all good. Whatever you do, whatever I do, we're all good because God forgives. No further discipline and no further effort were necessary. Just like a Spanish coin, no more beyond. That's ridiculous. Because Jesus said, follow me. Jesus said, follow, pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus also said, harvest is great, but workers are few. Well, it is true. Uh, we do not work toward our salvation. Jesus already did that for us. But Paul is insisting that at the end of the day, the Christian life is a life of an athlete pressing on toward what is ahead and pressing on toward 
own is we are on the moon. Many of us just weeks ago went across and 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 have now. Here's a group picture. There are about 25 of us. The athletes of the Roman Church, all of us went there. That's why Jim uh, not because all the athletes were here. Yes. Uh, this is a really fun picture because I had a dilemma. Because we took several pictures, I said, everyone, uh, fight your medal. And um, it happened that on that day, I ran 5K in the morning. Right after that, I ran the half marathon. So I got three medals. So the level was which medal? Why not this? Yes, you can see that. Uh, during this race, something happened. I was running, and my goal was not for me to get sub two, but I was actually, my goal was to get somebody else to get in sub two, which means finish the half marathon in two hours. At mile nine, my shoe, my left Nike Air Zoom shoe, the air popped. <laughs> so every step I took, it would make flat tire noise. And you could, like, you know, there are a lot of people watching you, and they're like, and watching me every step I take because I'm in a. <laughs> in fact, uh, I was running with young, very young people, I was saying, yeah, young, uh, so. And he said that he couldn't hear me catch up with him. <laughs> so just to show you what happened, this is a very shoe that, well, not the very shoe kind of work, but kind of same model that I want. And can you zoom this? You see the air right here? This popped. So now uh, it happened at mile nine. And I have four more miles to go. And now at mile 10, my ankle hurts. And at mile 11, my foot was all over the shoe, and I got a blister, and it's burning. At mile 11, I thought, you know, you should just walk. <laughs> there's no shame. Okay, there's no shame on walk. Come on. Just walk. You don't have to get sub two today. Okay, you've done it before. You don't have to get sub two. Just, just walk. Okay. And I was thinking, but I have a goal. Superman does walk. <laughs> right? So in pain, I'm running, okay? Every step I take is hurting, but I'm running. I'm like, I'm gonna get something. I'm looking at my phone, like, oh, it's hurting so bad. And I'm like, but I have a goal. It's better than you. I went to the end in pain, and my time was, ugh. Two hours and eleven seconds. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> the whole time I 
straight toward the finish line and by press toward the That is a picture of Apostle Paul is painting here in today's passage. Have you ever tried to stretch yourself and do something big, something crazy? Like learning a new language, training to run a marathon, trying to get healthy, uh, getting shaved, whatever. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the gym every day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my, my, my membership, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look great, I'm gonna have a six pack. Um, what usually happens? After only a few weeks, right? You don't go anymore every day, and you're like, oh, I can't get up anymore, and you feel guilty about eating your. 85 degrees pastry and eating ice cream. Oh, I should be eating this. Come on, am I the only person in this church? Like a rubber band, we all start from a neutral position. Until one day, we have an urge or a desire to be somewhere or do something. Knowing that I am called by God, God wants me to be somewhere and do something. When we start making an effort, we initially feel good, and the and the rubber band starts to stretch a little bit, right? Propel our progress. We read more Bible, we go to small groups, and we, we, we go to more church functions, uh, and the rubber band stretches some more. Until we get to that stretched opposition, you and the rubber band are fully stretched. And it's at this point, at this moment of tension and exertion, any one of two things can happen to us. The first thing that usually happens is that life happens and people start saying, oh, why am I trying so hard? Have a break. I didn't know church stuff. Why am I the only one who goes to the church? Or, oh, I'm a, I'm a one talent person. Let the other five talent people do the work. And slowly, the weight of life, others, and our lack of discipline weigh us down. Drain us back until the rubber band relaxes and we return back to neutral position. Or secondly, we take charge of life. We're not moved by our challenges. And we tell the voice inside to sit down and be quiet. Right? Because I'm going to do something. And we allow our goals, our mission, our high calling to pull us up and we enjoy the fruits of our effort. Roma Church, have you noticed the ongoing 
theme of what I've been communicating with you for the last six months. Ever since we moved here, every other sermon, I pretty much did the same sermon. Did you notice that? Yes, some of you did. Why? Because no matter in the church, this is our time to get to work. This new campus, this new church was never a finish line. In fact, this is actually our site. This is our site. We need to become a church on the move. I don't want to dance all by myself. I want to dance together. What I mean by that, there was a bigger dispute. <laughs> what I mean by that is, let's walk together. The work that God has called us to do. Whether a church is on the move or not, is your decision. It may be uncomfortable. You will be stretched out. But that is what God wants us to do. So no one in the church. Be like an older man. Strain and press on. A long time ago, I was like a, like a freshman and sophomore in high school. I went to Pacific Union College for Korean Cafe, and I got hungry, so I went down to the college market to get some food, and there I saw the newspaper, and the front of the newspaper was a picture of a dead man. He was like, ah, dead. But who died? And then I, I saw the word Korean. A Korean man died. And it says, Olympic marathoner. I'm like, Korean man, Olympic marathoner, he ran and died. And this is the picture I saw. I was like, wow. His name is Park Young Jo. He won the gold medal in 1992 Olympics. Full marathon. He did not die, he collapsed. But he won the gold medal. Do you remember this lady? My favorite tennis player now? When I mentioned Naomi Osaka a few months ago when she was playing for US Open, I did not think that she was on a window. With a tournament. As you know, that Sabbath after I mentioned her, she actually won the U.S. Open title that afternoon. And I don't know if you know this or not, but just last Sunday, or well, last Saturday, in Australia, Naomi Osaka won again, 21 years old. She won two presents in a row. Last time, a female tennis player won two consecutive presents for like 10 years ago. You know what? I know why Naomi Osaka won. Because remember the interview I shared with you? 
ratios, you know, you, um, Naomi, what were you thinking when you were playing? What, what were you doing to win the match? And Naomi was like, I said, I was playing, and I was going to get through every single ball if you could broke my nose. Okay, nobody in the church. I don't want anyone breaking my nose. Okay, and I don't want anyone collapsing. But if these athletes run that hard, play that hard, as a Christian who's called by God, we need to work. And we need to work hard. Amen? We definitely should be on the move. Come on, let's give all you got. I remember when I was little, um, I remember the day that my parents taught me how to ride a bicycle. I remember the days that I taught my daughter how to ride a bicycle. And parents, you know this. The way to teach your children how to ride a bicycle is you lie. Right? <laughs> I'm holding, I'm holding. Keep going, I'm holding. Are you holding? Yes, I'm holding. Are you ready for me? Right? You know, uh, Are you there yet? the thing about the bicycle is that it has to move in order for to stand. It has to continue to move to stay standing. Church is like that. Church is like bicycle. Church has to be on the move for it to stand. Otherwise, it will When we become comfortable, when we're just happy, the fire sounds. Children's story. That's when our church will die. Yes. We need each and every one of you to take a part. This is your time. There's so many people who are involved in our church in various areas, in various ministries. But Lord of the church, we need everyone. We need everyone. When you come to church and say hello to somebody you do not know, we're taking a part. Oh, Pastor, I'm too shy to say, okay. You're too shy? Come out to church events and move chairs. <laughs> okay? If you don't like physical labor, say no to somebody. <laughs> right? You either go wash dishes after pop up or take trash out, or you invite someone, or you bring somebody to your small group. You do something! Hey, if seven-year-old Alexis can sing up, <laughs> Everyone should be. Oh, yeah. 
If you don't know what to do, come talk to me. I'll help Everybody, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful church. Lord, we thank you for every individual who come to this church. But Lord, help us realize that this church that we built is not a place for us to just come and relax. Help us, Father, to understand that this church is our workplace for our high calling. So, Lord, every ability I have, every talent I have, every spiritual gift that you give us, help me to use for your glory and honor. It may not be much. I may feel like I just sometimes want to or maybe have the talents. But Lord, help me to use it for you, for your holy Jesus' name.